Does not wisdom call, and does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries out. To you, O people, I call, and my cry is to all that live. The Lord created me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts from long ago. Ages ago, I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. When he had not yet made earth and fields, or the world's first bits of soil, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master worker. I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the human race. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church.
a reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. 
I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord.
and the other is the pulpit here in Trinity. The pulpit at the cathedral has carved at the bottom of the prayer desk, at the, the, the uh, pulpit desk, where you hold your notes, Sir, we would see Jesus. Well, obviously, when they carved that, they didn't expect a woman to be preaching. <laughs> the pulpit here was quite different. Tate here was an evacuation plan. <laughs>
The first is that there will be a choral blessing. It's a Gaelic blessing. And it is uh, set to a composition by John Rutter. And the blessing goes like this. Deep peace of the running waves to you. Deep peace of the flowing air to you. Deep peace of the quiet earth to you. Deep peace of the shining stars to you. Deep peace of the gentle night to you. Moon and stars pour their healing light on you. Deep peace in Christ, the light of the world on you. Deep peace of Christ. You may have noticed that that is a blessing of deep peace from God's creation on us. And then, of course, it, it culminates in that deep peace that comes from the presence of Christ. I think sometimes that we believe that it's really about us, humankind. <coughs> Even worse when it's just me and Jesus. <laughs> that doesn't really work. God delights in all of God's creation. And God has given us the creation around us to delight us and to give us a deep peace. So when that blessing is sung, it is not just a blessing on you and me. It's a blessing on all of you. The deep peace that comes from the grandeur of God's creation and the deep peace that comes from the presence of Christ. The second thing I wanted to comment on is the hymn that comes at the end of the service. It's uh, one that you might not be familiar with. Uh, Robert knows it's one of my favorites. Uh, he and I and our family sojourned for a time in the uh, Evangelical Covenant Church when we were living in California. We had gone through a terrible uh, church split in Chelmsford, and it was just awful. Couldn't go back to the Episcopal Church in about four years. So we went to this covenant church, which was mostly Baptist, from what I could tell, but our theology was not, uh, it wasn't copacetic to us, and, I, and it wasn't, they're not bad, I just see the world differently, you know. <laughs> so we, we realized in those four years that we really were Anglicans, we really were Muslims. One of the things that happened while we were there, there was a young woman, actually the daughter of the founder, lay founder of that church. It's the largest church in the denomination. It's really a mega church. And this woman had uh, children, uh, young children. She had been diagnosed with liver cancer. And she was a woman of great faith and was uh, getting good medical care chemotherapy and seemed to be in remission. So she preached a series, a sermon series, based on this hymn. And she said every morning she would get up and she would sing this hymn about God's faithfulness. I have preached about that before. We've sung it here before because Robert knows it's one of my favorites. I think it's so important for us to know that the nature of God is to be faithful. Our nature is to try to be faithful. But we don't always make it. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't continue to try. So it is the faithfulness of God, not our own, and that faithfulness is what buoys us up and holds us and helps us to get through those times in our lives that can be so difficult. So when we sing this 
Tim this morning. I want you to know it's not about my faithfulness. This is about, is it about your faithfulness? It's about God's faithfulness. A very important aspect of the nature of God. I have, uh, when I was at seminary, I encountered for the first time this concept of being in a liminal space or a liminal time. And the, the professor who helped us understand that uh, talked about the fact that we were not what we had been, but we weren't quite what we were going to be. So we were in that, that time in between. Lou and I are in a liminal space. We don't know what lies ahead. In fact, I've, I've said to a number of people, uh, this is the first time in my entire life that I don't know what lies beyond. I know we have to sell a house, but beyond that, I can't see it. We are going to South Dakota, we're going to go to St. Paul. But beyond that, we really don't know. And you are in a liminal space. You don't know who your next record will be. You've not yet met your interim priest. And it's a time that can be one of anxiety. It can be a time of fear. But I think what I learned at seminary from this problem was that it was a time that we should embrace that little sense of experience. It's a time for nourishment. It's a time to reflect on who you are. It's a time to think about where God might possibly be leading you. So it's really like an incubation period. And then, at some point, you step over the threshold and you know you are where God wants you to be. So together, we are in this liminal space, and it will be an interesting time, we can all be sure of that. I am very thankful that you have Becky Bell to be here as a pastor and as a priest, uh, especially in June when she will be alone, but beyond that, certainly as well. And then Sarah Connor, who has been called to be your interim priest, will be coming Sarah is a wonderfully talented interim priest. She's a professional. I think this is the sixth congregation that she has helped. She knows what she's doing, and she'll guide you through that process with wonderful professionals. You know that. And she'll also be a pastor. You're also blessed with a great staff, people who truly care about what happens here day in and day out. <coughs> God is faithful. Count on that. 
Trinity is a wonderful community. It's a sign of the unity of the church, which Jesus promised to the body of Christ. And if we think about God as unity, not so much as the three persons, but the unity, it's the unity that is so important. So remember, God is good all the time. It's the little thing sometimes you hang on to. God is good all the time. God loves you with infinite love. God loves you if you even feel unloved. And I love you because of what you have done.
thanks for their presence among us today as part of the communion of saints who have gathered in this community and who now gather with Christ in his resurrection. May we one day join them. Lord, by your grace. Lord, by your cross and resurrection, you taught us what it is to be open to the full vulnerability of our created nature. You taught us that the deeper we love, the deeper we know love. You taught us that goodbyes are most difficult, where relationships have been most meaningful. Abide with us in this time of bidding farewell, that we may continue to be your vehicles of love in this world, even as we part ways with one another. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Good morning and welcome. Thank you for being here with us for this celebration today. It is a different kind of morning, and as such, we are not having announcements. But we do want to welcome a few people in particular who are here today. One is, first of all, if you are a visitor or a newcomer today, thank you for being with us. We hope this isn't too disorienting, and we hope that you will check in at the, at the welcome table. And, um, and ask any questions you might have. Also, if you are a visitor and you'd like to come forward for communion, you are more than welcome. You may receive the bread and wine or cross your arms for a blessing as you wish. Um, I want to welcome also the visiting clergy, particularly Libby, who's here from the diocese. Both Bishop Allen and Bishop Gale wish that they could have been here for us in this transitional time today. They could not, and their Sunday mornings are booked pretty far in advance to live here on their behalf. And thank you, priest associates and Tony's colleagues for being here as well. And welcome to the Lafour family. Lou and Tony's sons are here, and uh, we love that you're here in Arkansas. Um, and also, in extension, 
forgiven by Daryl and Mary Benson, and Denny and Sandy Benson, and Nola Myers. There will be healing prayer during communion and immediately following communion, right over here in the Strenza. And um, I think that you have the meal up this morning. My mother is always a bit concerned. <laughs> when she doesn't get the window art in the newsletter, she, she, she doesn't use computers. So she called Ann last week and said, where's my newsletter? <laughs> <laughs> and in the course of doing all of that, 
and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. For with your co-eternal Son and Holy Spirit, you are one God, one Lord, in trinity of persons and in unity of being. And we celebrate the one and equal glory of you, O Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, 
Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us.
eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. in the communion of 
are saved. All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen.